0: Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today's episode is brought to you by Locked On NHL, Locked on NHL is a fantastic podcast hosted by your local experts covering the league in a wider scale than they do on their typical local shows. So make sure you head on over to Locked on NHL after you listen to today's episode and give them a listen. It's fantastic. Absolutely love the insight and the humor that the hosts bring over there. So make sure you check out Locked on NHL. Right after you listen to today's episode of Locked on Flames. Today's episode, we are wrapping up our evaluations of the forward group from the 2021 season. And of course, we will be talking about the Canadians avoiding a sweep last night in overtime. So of course, we will jump into this, but I'm going to ask you... One small favor before we get into it. I know, I know, lots of demands today. I'm sorry, but make sure that you are subscribed or following Locked On Flames wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is so, so important to make sure that, you know, you're coming back day in and day out to listen to the five days a week Calgary Flames podcast out there, and you never want to miss an episode. So let's jump into it. If you missed yesterday's episode, I would highly recommend going back and listening to it because we are—we uh, went through the Flames Forward group um, that played a minimum of 10 games <laughs> uh, and just kind of graded them. And for those of you who might need a refresher, I do have the little refresher for you because um well i need one after i recorded this yesterday and then went to bed because (laughs) i just don't you know remember everything i talk about (laughs) but like i mentioned we're doing the forward group first and we have three or four left to do today we're going off of shooting percentage and prior shoot like the previous season's shooting percentage because I felt as if this team had an issue with confidence when it came to shooting the puck. And the grading system is great, good, fair, poor, and bad. And I've only given one bad out of the entire forward group so far. And I think that you're going to want to double check to see if your guess is right If I gave it to who you're suspecting. So, of course, make sure you head on over to yesterday's episode before we do this one. Or after. Whatever you prefer, honestly. So, let's see. We are on Derek Ryan, who played 43 games this season. He had 13 points, 2 goals, and uh, 11 assists. And he had a shooting percentage of a 5.4 with a previous shooting percentage of 9.8. So there was a decrease there. And I would have to say <laughs> that that has to do with the fact that he was injured for uh the beginning part of the season. I if I'm remembering correctly, he broke his thumb. Uh, um and I think that was like the first or second game of the season. So he really wasn't able to do much at first and then when he returned he stabilized that fourth line and the way that i kind of picture this is if you've ever seen like a mom trying to wrangle two kids at the park or the mall just like somewhere out in public and she has like a coffee in one hand and she's trying to like grab one and like grab the other and like corral them That's how I see Derek Ryan on that fourth line because before him, it was just not uh, very stabilized. It was just kind of fluctuating all over the place. You know, there was no stability. It was just this player one night and then they'd be back on the second or third line the night after and I believe it was Joakim Nordstrom who was centering that line and it was not very good. And I would have, I will give Ryan the benefit of the doubt here and say that he had a fair to good season. Now, why I'm not giving him a solid good is because of his line mates. And I know that's not necessarily fair, but I do think that he did have a fair to good more on the good side of things. I do think that he was very important to have for that fourth line and he is a free agent coming up in about 22 days now (laughs) and of course I think that we are going to have to pay close attention to what the Flames do to me it's so important that they actually you know utilize the players that are out there And, you know, not everyone's going to be willing to sign that $900,000 deal or that $700,000 league minimum deal. So if you have to spend, God forbid, a million dollars to, you know, to get um, a center, a bottom six winger, oh my god, the the sky is not going to fall, I promise. So, like I said, that's Derek Ryan getting a fair to good, more on the good side season. And we are going to talk about the final two wingers coming up next. But before we do that, I do want to transition into talking about rockauto.com. If you have listened to this show before or if you're new, RockAuto.com is the number one trusted source for me personally where I need to get my car parts because I do not want to deal with mansplaining. I don't want to deal with somebody telling me my fuel pump is broken when I'm just here for an oil change. So I like to do that all myself and RockAuto.com has made that possible for me. So RockAuto.com has car parts a to z uh your make model everything you need and it cuts out the middleman and i think that is beautiful it is one of my favorite things about having them part of this show it has introduced me to a lot of you know great things that I can actually do on my own, and it's fantastic if you are trying to learn things and to do things on your own and save money. So head on over to rockauto.com today and use their How Did You Hear About Us box to let them know that the wonderful folks at Locked On have sent you. So that's rockauto.com with amazing selections and reliably low prices. Head on over there. And let them know that the people of Locked On sent you. Locked On Flames continues. Let's continue this conversation on Twitter. Don't forget to follow me at Jess Belmosto. Okay, so drumroll please. For these final two four words that we need to discuss. One, I'm sure, is more anticipated than the other, uh, but we save the best for last here at Locked On Flames. So, uh, Dominic Simone just made the cut with 11 games played, and he had, um, no points. Nope, none. That's okay, it was only 11. Small sample size. It happens. And, um... You know, he had a decrease in shooting percentage going from a 6 to a 0. And, you know, I feel like I can't even, like, evaluate somebody on just 11 games played because there were stretches where Matthew Kachuk went, like, 11 games without a goal. So, you know what? Dominic Simone, uh, you know, I'm not going to actually give you a grade. I'm going to give you a gold star. Thank you for showing up and trying. That's what matters, and, you know, gold star for you. And, of course, Matthew Kachuk rounds out the forward group, and he played a complete season with 56 games. He had 43 points, 16 goals, 27 assists, and his shooting percentage did decrease about 2% from a 12.2 to a 10.2. And I think... That we need to dissect this a little bit more because Matthew Kachuk is a good player. Matthew Kachuk is a fantastic player, but there were times in this season where he was falling into ruts and he would plateau and then he would dip again. He would get back up there and then he'd plateau and then sink again. So, five of his 16 goals came in the last four games, four or five games. So, Matthew Kachuk, again, should not be the number one player that you are looking to trade right now. He should be the number one player that you are looking to build your team around. And I think that there has been a lot of discussion about moving him because of this past season, and I think that that is uncalled for, absolutely ridiculous, and just stop (laughs) uh Matthew Kachuk was was a streaky player this year I there's no other way to chop it up and I think some of it did have to do with the lingering side effects of his concussion the uh you know no fans you know some guys really are able to build off of the atmosphere and you know while I liked listening to the puck and all the hockey noises and you know hearing the puck go off the post ding uh you know some guys really do need that atmosphere and I do have a feeling that he is one of those players one of the biggest things that I've noticed about Kachuk is that he is always somebody who is under the microscope. He is the reason I started my under the microscope series on my blog. He is the reason why I have looked at things a little bit differently. There was an alleged shift in the locker room after Jake Muzzin threw a puck at him and somebody told him that he couldn't go out there and be a goon all the time or you know he needed to settle down and not like feed into the antics like it can't be a theatrics every night and you know I get that but at the same time people complain if hockey players aren't emotional enough but then you know because their heart's not in it but then if they're too emotional they are you know they're just out there looking to hurt someone and I don't Think that that is the case with Matthew Kachuk. I do think that there was a sense of genuine frustration there this season. I think that it came out wrong, and you know, obviously, in that Jake Muzzin incident, and then people say that you know he purposely fell on Jack Campbell, which I I don't buy into at all. I I'm gonna give him like a a good. I I good doesn't seem right. I'm gonna give him a fair season. And this is only because this was not the Matthew Kachuk that we are used to seeing. I I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Kachuk because I do think that he is misunderstood. <laughs> um, kind of like, you know, I don't want to call him the underdog because he's not the underdog. He's freaking fantastic and people know that. But he's misunderstood and um, that's kind of like one of my favorite things is... Uh, being a fan of people who are commonly misunderstood. I mean, God, people thought Taylor Swift was, you know, dating all these men for years in, you know, short periods of time. And then all of a sudden they actually start listening to her music and it's like, oh, wow, maybe that's not the case. But, anyways, I digress. So, Matthew Kachuk just needs to have a bounce back season. There is no other way around it. I think that next year he is going to be playing a different kind of hockey. This is another contract year for him. This is something that is going to probably impact his future for the next, I don't know, four or five years. So they're going to have to figure out what happens. Are the Flames going to offer him that $9 million qualifying offer? Or... Is he gonna hit the market? And you know, I I don't necessarily know how things are going to pan out. I don't know I don't know if any conversations have been had, but I do think that Matthew Kachuk is going to be playing a bit of a cleaner game of hockey next year. I think that he is going to finally hit that uh, you know, that turning point in his career where he says, you know, enough is enough. I'll only act a fool once every 20 to 30 games, and hopefully, he only does it when it's necessary. And he's kind of turning that corner, like the corner that Brad Marshan turned. <laughs> and, um, you know, all we can ask for is change. And,. With all of these forwards that I listed, I believe that there were 13. Let me pull up my sheet again. Let's see. Okay, so there were, yeah, there were 13, and they all made strides this season. They played under unprecedented circumstances, and of course, under yet another new coach. And I think that while most of this roster understands, that coaching changes are kind of like the weather changing in Calgary. So I have to also assume that there are players who are familiar with consistency. And unfortunately, that was a missed mark in the past season with the Flames. So, you know, there's always next year. (laughs) And I think that that's what a lot of people are kind of going for and going after because, you know, the Flames are going to have to make some considerable moves and I don't really think that it's a bad idea. If they want to win, they need to make some changes and I think that that's going to start with the, you know, obviously the forwards, but I think the next group that we're going to look at, which is the defense, the blue line. So, Coming up next, we will wrap up today's episode with a little Stanley Cup Game 4 talk. And I will give you all my thoughts to all of the hockey (laughs) we watched last night. But first, you know, we are approaching Game 5, which is tomorrow, Wednesday, if you're listening on Tuesday. So we we need to place a bet. Is this the night? Does Tampa win at home? Does Tampa win the Stanley Cup final of 2021 at home? Is, does Tampa win, does, or does Montreal win? You know, head on over to BetOnlineAG today and sign up for your free account. Make those bets, and you make sure that you use promo code LockedOn for that 50% welcome bonus. Folks, it really is that simple. All you have to do, type in your email address, sign up for that free account, make your first deposit, and use promo code LOCKEDON to earn a 50% welcome bonus. It is that simple. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and do that right now. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure that you are subscribed to this show because we are here for you Five days a week, I got you when you're all your Calgary Flames coverage. And before we wrap up today's show, we do just need to jump in here and say uh, that the Saddle Dome point 2.0, <laughs> or the new Flames Arena, has been deemed about 50 to 60 million dollars over budget by the city of Calgary Um, I don't live in Calgary or Alberta or anywhere near there so I'm really not entirely sure how they decide these things Uh, I guess that last night there was a meeting with the council and all this stuff to decide um, the next steps Um, so Ryan Pike has you up to date on <laughs> twitter the i will read his uh, t- too long don't read of the flames new arena so the cost is about 50 to 60 million dollars over the 550 million dollar estimate there isn't a final design and they're working on the budget and design as well so finalizing all that And no additional financial ask right now, and they are reconvening on July 26th to decide all of this. Um, You know, I I don't know, I, I don't none of this. That see, that's way above my head. All I know right now is that the cost of materials are through the roof here in the states there are shortages (laughs) um I'm not laughing because like shortages are funny I'm laughing because I am supposed to have a new balcony railing put up like they redid my balcony and um I don't have a railing so there's just like two long pieces of wood and it looks like uh we're like animals in a barn but you know get just to the saddle dome seems to be happening (laughs) Um, so fingers crossed for that, and, you know, last night, you know, we're going to talk about the more important thing last night. To be honest, I went into game four fully expecting the Tampa Bay Lightning to win. I think that everybody was kind of just, like, holding their breath, and then something I found funny was the mayor of Tampa was like, yeah, you know, I, I really hope that Montreal wins it tonight so Tampa can come back home And win it in front of their home crowd (laughs) so I don't think that anyone was happier than the mayor last night so yes of course it was a it was a good game I thought that Josh Anderson getting the, the flames no the Canadians on the board first was a huge huge momentum builder and that was the first time this series that the Habs had the lead. So only took till game four. And this is something that Sarah and I talked about on the national show. Uh, you know, it, it took Montreal a little while to figure out Vegas. And it appeared last night that they finally were figuring out Tampa. And unfortunately, I think it did just take a little too long. Uh, I... I my heart says, you know, Habs in seven, but it's probably going to be lightning in five or six, so it is what it is, but I was so impressed with the overtime game winner from uh, Josh Anderson as well. So Josh Anderson, Josh Anderson praise is heavy, and I just, the way that it was set up, if you haven't seen it already, I highly suggest it because I'm not a play-by-play commentator. I'm just going to describe what happened. So Josh Anderson shot the puck like, a little weird, and uh, Nick Suzuki what or Cole Caulfield was in front of the net. It was Cole Caulfield uh, was in front of the net and just kind of like played it. And then Josh Anderson rebounded it, shot it, and he like dove on his back like a turtle and i just thought it was fantastic (laughs) i absolutely loved all of it i thought that it was fantastic i couldn't believe it and the fact that it was 2-2 and went to went into overtime and the (laughs) the habs won i actually somebody sent me an interesting stat last night it was nick lanciani who has been on the show multiple times now he posted a tweet saying uh, the 2021 Stanley Cup playoff records for postseason or postseason record postseason overtime records. My goodness, I'm so sorry. So before last night, before the game, the Bolts were 0 and three, and the Habs were five and one. So the Bolts extended their deficit to 0 and four, and the Habs now are six and one in overtime this postseason. So you know. Go Habs Go! I highly suggest listening to Locked On Canadians. Scott and Laura are absolutely fantastic, and they're so funny to listen to and talk to, and I am very excited for Game 5. And thank you all so much for listening to today's show. I understand if you don't listen every single day, but, you know, if you listen to, like, once a week, a few times a month, once a month, you know, if you could listen maybe three times a month... At least that would be super dope. But I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the OG listeners, the ones that have picked up along the way, and of course, anybody who is jumping on now. The off season is quite an interesting time to get into a podcast, but I'm here for you, here for y'all five days a week. And tomorrow's episode will be out a little bit later because I am going camping tonight and I have to, you know, drive there and take a ferry back. So, I will have an episode for y'all tomorrow, and I look forward to chatting with you. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto, that's J-E-S-S-B-E-L-M-O-S-T-O, and I will see you all on the flip side.